changes starting in five, four, three, two, one, zero. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. I'm Chris, and this is my buddy Zach. We are the worship leaders at Christ Community Church, and we are excited you're here with us today. Usually we have a band with us, Sean and Derek and Justin and Bethany are not here today. It's okay, though. Sean's there. He's in the corner. It's fine. We'll just keep him over there for the entire deal and just keep him quiet. We're going to sing some songs about gratefulness and thankfulness. That's what Larry's preaching about today, and we're going to sing some songs about it. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the street by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the street by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the best And our spirits shall sorrow no more Not aside for the blessing of rest In the street by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the street by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore to our bountiful Father above, we will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our days. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. Good morning, C3 family. This is your call to worship for today. I'm reading Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believe in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. 
What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This is God's word for us today. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, the beauty of this day. Help us, Lord, to have grateful hearts. Help us to remember all of our many blessings. Help us, Lord, this week to do just that. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All my worlds fall short I got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end, and you never do. So I throw my hands, praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, not much there's nothing else fit for a king except for heart singing hallelujah I've got one response I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide I will worship you So I throw my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a Hallelujah, and I know it's not much, but nothing else fit for a king, except for heart singing, hallelujah, Don't you get shy of me, lift up your song 
Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on, my soul, but don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, uh, C3 family. Welcome to our uh, Sunday morning Bible study and worship service. We are happy that you could be with us. Uh, I'm happy that you could be with us today, as always. Uh, worship team, Christopher, thank y'all for doing an outstanding job. Uh, what a blessing uh, y'all are to me personally and to our church family. Uh, thank you for leading us into God's presence and reminding us of how wonderful he is. Um, as you can tell, my bride is not with me today. Sadly, she is out of town and uh, could not join me in this uh, study. She'll be back next week, though, praise the Lord. Uh, and so anyway, you'll have to just uh, 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 allow me to enter into your homes and your lives uh, by myself today. I want to uh, uh, deal with really a question right out of the gate and when I, that I've just been thinking about, and, and that is... Um, is God's grace and God's generosity, is it really that amazing? We sing that song, Amazing Grace, and we declare that God's grace is amazing. But I'm just, I've just been thinking recently, uh, is God's grace, is God's generosity uh, really that amazing? And uh I guess where I'm going is, if it is that amazing, why am I not thankful? Why do I have such a hard time giving thanks if I have been shown and given such amazing grace and generosity by God? Psalm 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds. For he satisfies the thirsty 
and he fills the hungry with good things. Give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds. For he satisfies the hungry and he fills the hungry, he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Y'all have uh, heard me many times say that the number one command in the Bible, just by sheer redundancy, number one command of the Bible is fear not, do not fear. The number two command in the Bible by sheer redundancy is the command to give thanks. Be thankful, give thanks, give thanksgiving. Um, and that's what I want to talk about with y'all this morning for a little while. Um, my lesson last week uh, dealing with the power and the impact of what we focus on, that really spoke to me in a very profound way. Uh, literally that what I, the Bible, according to the Bible, what I focus on regularly, consistently, predominantly will determine what I desire, what I value. And so I've just, I've been thinking about that all week and I've been wondering what would my life look like? If it's true, if it's true that what I focus on determines my desires and what I value. Then I have to ask myself, wonder what my life would look like if I predominantly, consistently, mostly focused on the things that I have versus the things that I don't have. The things that I've been given versus the things that I have not been given. And one of the conclusions that I have drawn is that I think that if I did that more, I focused my attention on what I've been given and what I have versus what I don't have and have not been given. I think one of the conclusions is that I would have a life that would communicate thankfulness. I think people would see and notice and hear and feel from me that I am a person of thankfulness. That's a, um, I think that is a truthful thing to say. I really do. But it's not easy. Uh, uh, it, it's not simple to do. God's goodness and God's blessings, uh, at least in my life, they're easy to ignore. They're easy to miss. Uh, I'm, I'm like Naomi in many ways, and maybe you are as well. Um, you remember Naomi? She was a, a godly lady, a lady that knew and loved and trusted and followed God in the book of Ruth. And uh, she had a life where she experienced, by anybody's uh, definition or estimation, she had a life that she, uh, of pain and loss. And uh, she had uh, been uh, driven by a famine into a foreign land uh, with her family. She lost her husband. She lost her sons. She had become incredibly poor. And um, uh, at some point, she returns uh, to Bethlehem, literally the, the town of Bethlehem and, and back in Israel. 
And when some ladies, her old friends, see her, uh, they say, hey, Naomi. And Naomi says, don't call me Naomi. Uh, instead, call me Mara. Call me bitterness. That's what Mara means. Uh, I'm changing my name to Mara to bitterness. And here's what she says. Because I left my home full and I'm returning empty. I left with much. I'm returning with nothing. And what I find significant, what I, what stands out to me in that story is that literally right beside her is Ruth. I mean, standing right there beside her is Ruth, this young lady that arguably is the most godly, uh, most honored, revered, significant female uh, uh in the Bible, at least one of the top four or five. Let me say that. Um, one of the top four or five most revered, honored, godly, significant women in the Bible. The great-grandmother of King David and one of the ancestors of the Lord Jesus. Uh, this lady, this young lady, Ruth, she has devoted her life to Naomi. She loves her. She adores her. And she's committed to serving her and to blessing Naomi for the rest of her life, with all of her strength. <laughs> and yet Naomi, even with that incredible blessing, she can't see it. She, she's missing that which is standing right in front of her. Um, I'm not suggesting that having the ability to focus on what we've been given uh, instead of what we're lacking, to focus on the blessings instead of the pain and loss. I'm not suggesting that that's easy. I am suggesting that it's possible. Um, it's possible that even in times of great loss and pain, we can learn with God's help how to focus on God's blessings. I found this passage in Jeremiah uh, where the, pro or, I'm sorry, it's in Lamentations 3, but where Jeremiah says, I remembered my affliction, my wanderings, my bitterness, and my gall. And I remember my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I also remember, and I find hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions, they never fail, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. I declare the Lord is my portion, and I will wait for him. I, um, I, I, I know that God does not want thanks or gratitude that is fake or forced or insincere, um, and God is surely not asking us to pretend or ignore or deny our pain and loss that we experience in life. But I do believe that Jeremiah is reminding us there that in the midst of the loss, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the difficulties that we face, do we remember that God is also, at the same time, pouring out upon us 
great blessings, great joys uh, in countless ways and from all directions. Psalm 103 says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget all of God's benefits, for he forgives your sins and he heals your diseases. He redeems your life from death and he crowns you with love and compassion. And he satisfies your desires with good things and he renews, he renews your youth like an eagle. God's love, God's grace, God's generosity. The Bible would tell us they are unparalleled and they are continually resulting in fresh and new and amazing blessings. And it would suggest to us that the appropriate response to that is to give thanks. In Psalm 117, the author, the, the psalmist says, praise the Lord, all peoples, for great is God's love toward us, and his faithfulness endures forever. I was reading Romans 8 just the other day and just thinking about all of the things that Paul tells us in Romans 8 that God has shared with us. In Romans 8, Paul reminds us that God gives us life. He makes us his habitation. He has given us right standing, and he he promises that one day he will give us a resurrected body that is just like the resurrected body that he gave the Lord Jesus. He tells us to give thanks for the salvation that we have been given through the sacrifice of his son. And he tells us to give thanks for the, the uh, intimacy and the, the comfort that the Holy Spirit gives us. He, God is continually giving and giving and giving to us in so many ways. And the Bible would tell us that the appropriate response to all of that continual giving is to give thanks, to give thanks. For us to give thanks for the, for the reminder that God is the initiator of all that we have that is good, including our salvation. He's the one that initiated our relationship with him, not us. The Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. Jesus tells us in John that you didn't choose me. I chose you. God initiated our relationship with him. The Bible says give thanks for that. The Bible tells us to give thanks because not only did God initiate a relationship with us, God is the one that pursues a relationship with us. We're not looking for God. We're not looking for a relationship with him. God's the one that's been continually looking for us. So do we give thanks for his continual pursuit? Uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, they didn't go looking for God to make things right with him. God went looking for them. Adam, Adam, where are you? The Bible tells us that we're like lost sheep. Sheep don't go looking for the shepherd. We're like a lost coin. Uh, the uh, coins don't go looking for its owner. We're like a little child, a lost child. Little children wander away. Little children don't go looking for their parents. Um, the Bible says that we uh, have been given a relationship with God where God is the author. He is the author 
and the finisher. He, he's the one that began our relationship. And he tells us in Philippians that he who began a good work in us will complete it. He, be, he began something in our lives and he promises to finish it. So do we give thanks for, the, for God's commitment to pursue us? And uh, God tells us also that we should give thanks for the fact that God is somebody that completes what he started. He is the finisher. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one that will complete that good work that he began. Jesus says in John that uh, of all those that his father gave him, he has lost none of them. He says in Romans 8 again, uh, it just struck me again, where Paul says that he who God predestined, God has called. And the one that God has called, God has justified. And the one that God has justified, God has glorified. And it's all in past tense suggesting that it's so certain it, he he writes it as if it's already done, not because it has been done, but because it is that certain. The one that God predestined ultimately is going to be glorified. God gives, he gives, he gives out of this inexhaustible abundance. And what is so amazing to me is that he delights in giving so we should give thanks. I mean, every one of us have been given kind um, deeds, kind gifts by people that have been blessed greatly. But so often um, there's conditions, there's strings, there's reminders of those things. You know, there's this continual thing that I, I need to be reminded uh, and I, I need to be reminded to be grateful to these people. <clears throat> God is not like that. <clears throat> he gives and he delights in giving. There's there's no no bemoaning the fact that have I got to give to you again. In Psalm 50, uh, God says, what can you do for me? For I have no needs and all of creation is mine and all that is contained therein. I mentioned this verse last week in Matthew 7 where Jesus says, you guys think that your dads were great? My dad is better than all of your fathers combined, and he delights in giving good gifts to those who will ask him. And then one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible is in Luke 12, uh, verse 32, where Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it gives my father great pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? Fear not, little flock, your sheep, my dad, your shepherd. For it gives my father great pleasure. You are the children. You have a father. It gives him great pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's a king, and he wants to give you his kingdom. I mean, I mean again, Jesus is just saying, my father, he's giving. He's not charging you. He's not going to sell it to you. He's not going to bribe you with it. Fear not, little flock, for it gives my father great pleasure to give you the kingdom. He gives, he gives, he gives. He loves us so much that he will not leave us bound by lies, by darkness, by shame, by bondage. So to defeat those things and rid our lives of those things and to keep those things from being that which robs us and defines us, 
He gives us his word. He gives us his spirit. He gives us his people to lead us into lives of truth and light and freedom and victorious living and healing and forgiveness. The Bible says that he gives us, and literally it uses the word gives. He gives us rest when we are weary. He gives us peace when we're in turmoil. He gives us strength when we are weak. He gives us joy when we are sad. He gives us forgiveness when we're guilty. He gives us hope when we are doubtful. He gives us light when we're in darkness. He gives us healing when we're sick. He gives us friendship when we are lonely and fullness when we're empty and courage when he is fearful. I found this verse in Ecclesiastes 5 where Solomon says that contentment and enjoyment with our wealth, our possessions, our work, and our life These are gifts that God gives to us. God gives us the ability to endure. He gives us encouragement. He gives us love and restoration and strength and steadfastness and joy and peace and hope. Again, my my declaration to you and to me, my reminder to us all, is that God is a God who is continually giving to us. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have pain. Yes, we have loss. Yes, we go through difficulty. And I'm not minimizing those things. But in the midst of our loss and our pain and our difficulty, in the midst of us focusing on things that we wish we had or that we wish were different, Can we remind ourselves, can we find it within ourselves to bring to our mind, in the midst of all of that, I'm still the beneficiary of a relationship with a God of inexhaustible abundance, and he delights in pouring out that abundance on me, and he's doing it every minute of every day. So I'll leave you with this. How should we respond What should be our response to all that God's done for us, all God has given us, all that God is continuing to do for us, and in response to the future that God promises us? What should be our response? And I want to give you two suggestions. Number one, I think that we need to give thanks. I think that that's something that we know, but we so often don't do. Do I pause in the morning or in the evening? Do I pause over the food that I eat three times a day? Do I pause as I enter into my job? Do I pause as I kiss my wife goodbye? Do I pause as I look at my daughter or my granddaughter's picture? Do I pause as I see the name of a friend uh, pop up on my phone as they text or call me? Do I pause as I drive by the hospital and I'm not there? Do I pause and say, God, thank you. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my parents. Thank you, God, for my child or my my grandchild or my mate. Thank you for this friend. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I had a bed to sleep in. Do I spend as much time noticing and verbalizing to God, thank you, as I do being disgruntled or dissatisfied or complaining 
about the things that I do not have. Do I regularly give thanks for God's amazing love, his forgiveness, his salvation, his friendship, his goodness, his patience, and his promises? And the second suggestion that I have is, not only should we respond to God's continual giving, giving, giving to us, not only should we give thanks for that, should I not also be a person of generosity, one that gives to others because of all that God's done for me? Should I not be more intentional about giving grace instead of judgment? Forgiveness rather than uh, holding a grudge or getting revenge. Being patient uh, when I can be so impatient. Giving people time when that's not convenient for me. Um, uh, uh, helping people that are in need uh, when I'm not sure of their sincerity or their motives. Are there people in my life that desperately need my compassion, my encouragement, a listening ear, maybe even financial help? Should I not respond to God's faithful giving to me, God's faithful generosity to me, by also being generous to others? That's what God's just been speaking to me about um, this week. Just out of that lesson last week about what I, I choose what I focus on. And what I focus on is going to ultimately determine what I desire and what I value. Therefore, I can choose to focus on what I don't have and have not been given, or I can focus on what I have and what I have been given. And I think that God would, ha would encourage us to focus maybe a little more each week and each day on the blessings that he has given us. Let's end today by celebrating the Lord's Supper. If for no other reason, there are many reasons to celebrate his, his supper, his communion with us, but there's no reason that I can think of any better than to just be reminded of what God has given us when he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And he rose again to show us what's going to happen to each person when they die who trust in him for forgiveness and adoption into God's family. So if you have bread and you have juice or wine, I want you to take it and I want you to join me in eating that which represents the body of our Savior and drinking that which represents his blood that spilled from his body as he hung on the cross. And let's just pause and give thanks. Blessed Father, we are grateful. We're grateful for the unlimited, continual, inexhaustible abundance that you pour out upon us every day. Thank you. Forgive us, God, that we're not any more thankful. Forgive us that we ignore uh, or forget or are blind to the blessings that you pour out upon us and pour all around us each day. Most of all, we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross 
to pay our sin debt so that we can be adopted into your family and be with you forever. For that, we are so very, very thankful. We bless you. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. I'm grateful that you could spend this time with us. Lord bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I fall down upon the ground, press my face against the earth, till my heart arises over my head. As the weedy bows down low, when the autumn wind blows, I kneel before the one I love. Find me grateful. Find me thankful and find me on my knees. Find me dreaming, find me singing, find me lost in your grace. Like the dust that you first held in a garden where you lived, you pull me up against your face again till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul till all I know is I've been found by love find me grateful find me thankful find me on my Find me dreaming, find me singing, find me lost in your grace. dust that you first held in a garden where you knelt you pull me up against your face again till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul till all I know is I've been found by love find me grateful Find me thankful Find me on my knees Find me dreaming Find me singing Find me lost in your grace Find me grateful Find me thankful, 
find me on my knees. Thanks again for joining us this week. We're Christ Community Church. Come back next week. There'll be more of us, I promise. Even though this was a lot of fun, just me and you. We don't, we don't do this a lot, just acoustic. And we had more fun? Okay, all right. Well, next week we're going to have a full crew. And we're gonna, Larry's going to preach. It's going to be a great week next week, too. Come back, 1015, f- Facebook Live. I think that's what it's called, right? Facebook? Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and also at the Botanic Gardens. Please come join us. Y'all have a great week and a great Sunday. Thank you. Bye.